Well, it is truly an honor to be with you today. And uh, for those of you that haven't had a chance to meet um, my lovely wife, the better half, the much better half. This is Brenda sitting right up here. And uh, I'm actually going to ask her to join me in, in just a little bit uh, to, to help me with, with part of this sermon. Um, when I approach, whether it is, is scary times in life or, or whether it is a, a virus, I mean, whatever the case may be, I can approach that knowing that God has the tools in His hands and He is taking care of every situation. I need not worry. I need not fret. And the beautiful thing is if I pay attention to His Word, God's Spirit can become an audible, powerful encouragement to us as we spend time in His Word. So this morning, uh, I had planned, I actually talked with uh, Pastor Wes earlier in the week and had planned to go a different direction with this sermon, um, but man, the Lord just kept pressing in on me one verse in the Bible, and the reason for that is about four or five years ago, I did a, a sermon series called Going Viral, and in that series, I took the four verses of the Bible that are most virally used on the internet to bring encouragement to people's hearts. It was a powerful thing then. It is even more powerful now. Because now when you go out on, on uh, whether it's Twitter or uh, Instagram or Facebook or anything like that, everybody has something to say about coronavirus, right? It's either, it's either a joke, it's, it's uh, you know, somebody's overreacting, you know, there's something that somebody has to say about the coronavirus. And every once in a while, as you're looking through, you will see somebody pin a verse that reminds us that God is in control, that we need not worry or fret. And so the fourth, that back then, this was back in, I think it was 2000. 17, 16 or 17 when I did that sermon series, back then there were four verses from the Bible that absolutely went viral uh, that people were using to encourage folks out on the internet. One of those was Philippians 4.13. What is it? I can do all things through Christ who gives me, there you go. Isaiah 40.31. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Trust, okay, so strength, trust. Then Matthew 6.13, part of the Lord's Prayer. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil, okay? And then number four, and this is where we're going to part for just a, a little while today. Number four is Joshua 1.9. Anybody remember what Joshua 1.9 is? Has he already got it up there? Yep, there we go. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Even when it seems ridiculous. Even when it seems like we are up against something where we're trying to fix a road with a screwdriver. Even when it just sounds absolutely outrageous, He tells us that He is there with us. And He will never leave us. And He will never forsake us. Father, this morning as we look at this passage of Scripture, I ask that Your Holy Spirit would write it on our hearts. Lord, do not let us 
be relegated simply to the words of man. But Lord, I ask that your spirit would direct and empower us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Fear and failure can stop us before we ever get started. There are oftentimes, have been in my life and, and probably will be again, where I sense that God is leading me in a direction, and yet I can immediately sit down and list all of the fears that I have in heading that direction. And oftentimes those fears can paralyze us even before we get started. How will I ever be successful in this venture? Is, is this venture going to cause me to be a better person? Am I going to win or am I going to lose out in this venture? And anything that we do, I mean almost daily there are things that we do that require courage. And now when, when you turn the news on, uh, I've done something over the last couple of days that I haven't done in, in months, maybe years. And that is I sat down and watched an entire hour of news. I just don't do that. I mean, in fact, I turn off the news when it comes. I, I make sure the TV is off because I don't even want to hear about the stuff that's going on. And especially the political pundits and things like that. But I sat down with great interest and watched what is going on around the world and, and what leaders are saying, the decisions that they're making. And, you know, every step that they take, whether we agree with it or not, is a step of great courage. But all too often, when we examine our lives, when we seek the Word of God, and we sense that He is leading us to take a step. For me, uh, one, of those, one of those huge steps that, that I often am, am urged to take is in the area of leadership. Okay, God is constantly pressing in on me and saying, Dave, you need to do this more. You need to do this more. You need to encourage people more. This morning in, in the small group, uh, they had to go and talk about encouragement. <laughs> Why? Because I was sitting there, and that's where God's pressing in on me. Dave, you need to take more time and encourage people. If I hadn't been there this morning, God probably wouldn't have even allowed that to be a part of the topic of conversation. But he is pressing in on me to be a greater encourager. And you know what? Being an encourager, as crazy as it sounds, if that's not a part of your natural personality, it takes a lot of courage to be an encourager, right? And, and a lot of times people will look at that and say, well, that's just nuts. You know, why? Because you're a natural encourager. Because you just love doing that. And for those of us that are not natural encouragers, sometimes we allow fear to keep us from doing that. So is it any wonder that the fourth most viral Bible verse out there on the internet is one that talks about being courageous and God encouraging his people. When I don't understand God's actions, then I need to default to God's character. That's worth repeating. When I don't understand God's actions, I don't know why God would allow coronavirus and all this stuff that's going on. We've had a lot of other things more devastating than that take place in our lives, and so have you. And we don't know why God allows those things to happen, but He does. And the only thing that we know is that we can trust Him in the midst of all of that. And so we default to what we know about His character. God is good. God is holy. 
And holy is not necessarily uh, reflective of just a bunch of rules, okay? We, we, we see that reflected in the Old Testament, but then when Jesus came, we see God's holiness come in a whole new way, and that is a perfection of love and forgiveness. God is perfect in His plan, and God invites us to trust Him. Those are the things that I know about His character, and those are the things that I want to keep in mind as I hear the voice from His Word say, Be strong and courageous. I am in control. You see, the one thing I know about God is that He never reacts. God always has a plan. It's quite the antithesis for me because there are times that things like this catch me by surprise and then I have to scramble and call the team together and say, hey, we need to have a plan. Well, you know, God's plan was put in place way back at the foundations of the world. I don't plan that far ahead. Anybody here plan that far ahead? Anybody here that geeky about planning? I'm not. But the one thing I do know is that I can trust the one who is. And that's a wonderful thing. Whatever God has planned for you and for me is much better than I could ever plan myself. And it doesn't matter when I start that planning, how far in advance, His plan is way better than anything that I can plan. God is not reactionary. God is a reconciler. In the midst of worry, in the midst of difficult times, I not only can go back to the Old Testament and remember what God told Joshua, I, I have to take a trip to the cross. And remember what encouragement truly is all about. God was telling Joshua, be strong and courageous because I am here. I am leading you. And Joshua, I want you to know that I want to reconcile my people. I want to bring my people into the land that I have promised them. And you're the guy now. You see, in verses just before that, God, if you go back to verse 1 and verse 2 in that same chapter of, of Joshua chapter 1, uh, God is saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. I mean, what a, what a great way to start a conversation. You know, Joshua, who has been known up to this point more as a, as a warrior and more of a, a people leader and not a prophet, is all of a sudden hearing from God like a prophet. And Moses passes the mantle on to him, and he says, now you are the prophet who's going to take this people into the promised land. And so here's Joshua scared to death. I don't know how many of you feel that way sometimes, but I tend to feel that way a lot. Where you step into new stuff. And, you know, you step into this. How, I feel so inadequate. You know, I'm not even with, with the, the, the church that I pastor this morning. And I'm trusting someone else to, to speak to them this morning. And I feel so inadequate to lead them through this crisis. And yet God is reminding me every step of the way, Dave, I'm in control. I'm doing this. And we can make our, our best plans as human beings and we could turn out completely wrong. We may blame ourselves and think, man, we blew the whole thing. And God is saying, just calm down. I've got this. I've got this. And so right after, Jesus, or after God tells Moses, you know, he says, or excuse me, after God tells Joshua Moses is gone, and he just sort of lays it out bluntly. Moses, my servant, is dead. It's you, man. It's you and me. What do you do with that? 
God says, just be strong and courageous. Know that I am going to be with you always. In that passage from verse 1 all the way down to verse 9, he repeats it over and over and over again. Anybody here need to have God repeat things to you? Yeah. I, uh, I remember coming right out of uh, school and uh, having taken homiletics. I had to take it twice and uh, took homiletics, which is a preaching class, and uh, went to preach uh, a sermon as, as a youth pastor. I got to preach in, in the big church, okay? And I was preaching away and, and got to the back door, and, and some guy uh, standing there, he shook my hand. He said, do you realize you repeated yourself three times in that sermon? I'm like, well, yeah, that's what they taught me to do. I mean, you know, we're all like children. I didn't say this, but we're all like children. We need to have things repeated to us. There is a theme, and you're going to hear me repeat it this morning. God never reacts. He reconciles. And so this guy told me, he said, well, you know, he said, I, I really like to hear people preach that don't repeat themselves. And I thought, I'm not your man. <laughs> Because I need to have God repeat things to me and I need to repeat myself to remind myself the direction that he has called me to go. God has called us to reconcile. Not to react at times like these, but to find ways to reconcile with him. So in verse 7, I want to read verses 7 and 8 for you. Uh, God tells Joshua, he says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, Pastor Dave, why are you, why are you reading that? We're not under the law anymore. You're absolutely right. What the law was powerless to do for us, Jesus came and did. But whenever we look at the Old Testament and it talks about the law, Jesus said, I came not to, what? Abolish the law. I came to perfect the law. Jesus is the embodiment of the Word of God. He is the living Word. And so if we believe that, then what, what Joshua was being told here is a very powerful truth that we can hold on to. Because what God did for Joshua in reminding him about the power of the law, Jesus did for us on the cross in reminding us of the embodiment of God's forgiveness. And not just reminding us, but giving us the forgiveness of God so that we may walk in victory whether there's a, a, a world pandemic going on whether whether the virus ever touches western North Carolina we don't know any of that but God does whether we're walking through deep waters in an interpersonal relationship a marriage uh, maybe a family member anything like that no matter what it is God knows every aspect of that situation and the only way that we're going to have victory is if we do as Joshua was recommended by God to do. And that is tell the people to obey all of the law. 
Wait a minute, there we go again. That's that uncomfortable moment where obey all of the law, that's impossible. Exactly. Exactly. Cling to Jesus. You see, that's where the the Old Testament, again, marries to the New Testament. We have Jesus. And we don't just have Jesus or we can't just trust Jesus in times of trouble. We can trust Jesus, walk with Him all of the time. The whole reason that God even allows trouble into our lives is because we live in a sinful world and because He knows that if we truly have Jesus as our Savior, then we're going to shine in those times of difficulty, those times of trouble, and we're going to bring Him honor and glory. God never reacts. He always is looking to reconcile. There's so many things that it's easy to busy myself with, and uh, I have to admit this to you, that really have no eternal value. And if all of us do an honest assessment, many times it's because we're a bit insecure. We say we love Jesus, but have we really made the gospel of Jesus Christ our identity? Not just something we talk about, not just something that we go to to worship Him for, but have we really made the gospel of Jesus our identity? Crawford Loritz, a a black pastor down in in the Atlanta area, just an incredible, incredible man of God. Um, Crawford Loritz said this, he said, self-deception is the featured course in the meal of fools. The path to confusion and purposelessness. And what he was talking about there is how often we try to get ourselves on the right path by turning to the wrong things. Get ourselves on the right path by reading self-talk books. Getting ourselves on the right path by even going to worship services. Getting ourselves on the right path by saying, you know, I need to hang out with Christians more often. All those things are good in their own right. But those are not the things that can get us on the right path. There's only one thing that can do that. And that is that we, as Christians, need to be opening ourselves up to the leadership of the Spirit through the power of the Word of God. I don't know how many times I have uh, thought about as I, as I grow older, uh, you know, I see advertisements on TV about uh, life extension, things like that, you know, the right vitamins to order. And uh, if you're not careful, you can, you can be up to your nose in ordering about seven or $800 worth of vitamins a month. And um, so I don't because I'm cheap. But it still does not keep me from thinking, okay, I'm, I'm staring 59 in the face and you know what? I want to live a long time. And, uh, you know, Brenda, on the other hand, is thinking, okay, he's got, he's got life insurance. Uh, maybe we don't want to spend money on vitamins and, and things like that. Um, but what I have, what the conclusion that I have come to is this. As long as I am here on this earth, more than anything else, more than what I own, more than who I'm with, or anything like that, the thing that brings the most joy to my life is making the most of Him and my relationship with Him.
when all else is pushed aside. And please don't think that that Brenda's sitting here with her feelings hurt right now because we've had this conversation many times. If I don't love him even more than I love her, then I can't possibly love her the way that she needs to be loved. There's one thing that I am called to do, and that is to make much of him. And I, I believe wholeheartedly that that's the calling for all of us as Christians. If we have bowed at the foot of that cross and recognized the incredible grace of Jesus Christ and recognized the, the infusing power of His Holy Spirit to give us wisdom in daily living, if we truly recognize that, then we will want nothing more than to make much of Him. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you. But I'm weak. In times of distress and hardship, has anybody said this this week? God, could you just get this thing over with? Or just get me out of here. I'm just tired of hearing about coronavirus. I'm tired of hearing about things shutting down. I'm tired of of going to the store and seeing all the toilet paper gone. I mean, you know, God, can you just do something? In times of fear, it's easy for me to ask, God, are you paying attention? Would you just make this go away? But in those times of fear, I'm reminded that I am here to make much of Him. And I have to admit to Him, Lord, I'm a little bit fearful right now. I need Your courage. Have I not told you? Be strong and courageous. You already have His courage. As a child of God, experiencing salvation in Jesus Christ, being filled with His Spirit to show us how to live daily, that Spirit is already within you. Have I not told you, be strong and courageous? And so Lord, don't let me give in to fear. Instead, help me to grab a hold of courage. And you know what? When courage grabs a hold of me, what I should be asking is, Lord, in the midst of this crisis, how can I shine the light for you? Not how can I get out of here? How can I make sure my family's comfortable? How can I? Those are all important things, okay? We better make sure that our family is looked after. But beyond that, am I willing to ask, okay, Lord, even in the midst of this crisis, What can I do to make much of you? Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want to read for you as Brenda comes up and uh, begins preparing something very special for us. I want to read for you from Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. Therefore, I will tell you, this is Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, talking to his disciples, I will tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, or even if there's toilet paper in the stores. 
Wow. Hadn't seen that in there before. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns? And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, how much more will he clothe you? That little phrase, if God is more worried about clothing the grass of the fields that is here today and gone tomorrow. You know, there are times, been many times uh, in the Middle East, and particularly where Jesus was walking when he was doing this teaching, that there were not enough trees for them to be able to cut down and have wood to, to throw into a fire to bake their bread and things like that. And so they would often use, I'm sure that you could give us a lesson on this a lot, a lot better than I can, there were, there were certain weeds in the fields, grass in the fields that were thick and huge. And that grass would be there today and then it would die and they would go out and gather it up and, and they would use that dried up grass to throw into the fires to fuel their ovens. And so this is grass that, that, you know, everybody needed, but it, it may look like splendor one day and then it's gone and dried up and, and worth nothing the next day except to be burned up. And if God is that concerned about every element of just the grass, how much more is He concerned about the elements of our lives? And there, there are going to be times in our lives where we look at the ingredients of our lives and, and we're going to say, well, I don't want that. I mean, God has something going on in our lives right now that, that maybe it's like this, this baking soda. Anybody want to have some baking soda with me? We can sit down and have a really nice fellowship and chat over some good baking soda. Anybody want to do that? No, nobody wants to eat baking soda. Well, um, oh, you wanted me to wipe my hands before I touch that. Is that what you're saying? That would have been a good idea. Well, okay, how about, uh, how about a couple of raw eggs? Anybody feel like Rocky today? We can, we can just throw some raw eggs in there. Luke, you up to that? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to eat raw eggs. What about a, uh, oh, there we go, a stick of Crisco. Anybody eat Crisco at home? No? You like it? You, you eat the Crisco? Do you? Wow. Well, let's have some fellowship afterwards. You... You eat the Crisco, and I'm going to go grab one of those donuts I saw in the other room a little while ago, and we'll sit down and we'll fellowship together. Yeah, there's, there's all these wonderful, wonderful ingredients. My favorite. Here we go. What? Wait, wait, what are you doing? Oh, You're that's, making a mess. That's my favorite right there. Anybody like that? I mean, it's just flour, right? If I wasn't afraid of really messing things up up here, I would take a bite of that and then talk right in front of Rick. <laughs> really make my point, wouldn't it? Rick wouldn't like that. No, there are all these ingredients, things that are happening, circumstances in our lives. And it's so easy for us to look at every individual circumstance and say, man, that's just, that's just nasty. There's no way that I should have to put up with this right now. I feel that way about coronavirus. 
I mean, I had plans for these next two weeks. Didn't you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm planning to move forward with whatever it is that God has for us, and now it just seems like everything is sort of put on hold. Coronavirus. And yet every one of these ingredients that comes along in life, if you mix it together, anybody have any idea what might come out of this? Cookie dough. There's a smart man. Well, you know. Now, when you, when, you make, when you make cookies, cookie dough, there are some ingredients that you wouldn't mind eating. In fact, Brenda has to fight me away from some of those ingredients, like the dark chocolate chips. Oh, I love chocolate chips. And you notice she had them hidden until I walked away, and then she pulls them out. And, and so there's some ingredients that we enjoy in life, but then we complain about the other things. If I came into the kitchen while she was cooking and looking for those chocolate chips and she handed me the Crisco instead, I would be bitterly disappointed. And yet I know that if I just go out and wait on her to get done, I'm going to enjoy something that is far... Where are those cookies? I'm going to enjoy something that is far better than any of those ingredients by themselves. And I brought enough to share. Isn't that awesome? I brought enough to share with you. Now, I know that with the coronavirus going around, uh, we did not spray these with Lysol. Just, just to let you know, we did not spray them with Lysol. However, we do have plates, and I promise you that I did not touch the cookies, and I think just the spatula flipped them in there. So if you want a cookie, you are welcome to take one as we leave. Um, this, this is not, please don't take this as bribery or anything like that, but, but I, do, I do hope that you will walk away from this service today thinking, man, that guy was a good, good preacher because of the cookies. That's, that's, you know, that's really the point of this whole thing. No, it's really not. The point of this whole thing is that whatever God allows to happen in our lives, it may look mixed up, it may look horrible at the time, but if we wait on Him, great strength comes to our lives. If we allow Him to work His will in all of it, beautiful things come out of that. And so I just, I want to encourage you that no matter what the ingredients may look like, and no matter what the pain may be that you walk through, God has a plan. And I don't know why you know, he, he does the things or allows the things that He does. I, I certainly don't know why He has blessed me to the extent that He has. But the one thing that I will say is that I want everyone, anybody that I come in contact with, to be reconciled to Him. In any situation, may we not be reactionary. In any situation, may we trust Him and watch how He reconciles and brings things to our lives. That's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And that hope is not for this life only. Be courageous, for the Lord your God is with you, and He will never leave you, never forsake you. Taste and see that God is good. So whether you try one of these cookies or not, I want you to walk away from here with that in your mind. Taste and see that God is good. Would you stand with me? 
Father, I am so grateful for your powerful love. And I thank you for the the friends, the acquaintances that you bring our way in this life to remind us of how much you love us, to remind us of how much you want us to make much of you. And Lord, that's who Wes is to me, a brother that I have learned to love and a brother who spurs me on, reminds me of, of just what a, what a joy it is as ministers to be able to make much of you. And so Lord, remind all of us in our hearts of that today, I pray. And if there's anybody in here, Lord, that, that is feeling, sensing discouragement, I pray that you would write those words on each heart. The same words that, that you shared with Joshua. The same words that compelled Joshua to be the overcomer that he was in you. Lord, help us to be strong and courageous to recognize that the Lord our God is with us. That you are never reactionary but you are always reconciling. This I ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen.